Hello, my beautiful audience, and welcome back to your favorite creepy pasta podcast, Pasta Time Podcast. So Christmas break is over, and I know I promised you guys some more Christmas-themed episodes during my last podcast, but unfortunately, I was unable to make it back out to the studio to kind of record any intros or outros. I did record a couple of stories, but I didn't release them because they would just be unfinished episodes. So maybe you'll get those next year as like a little special treat, because I'm not going to release them now because they're Christmas-related stories, and yeah, that would just suck. Christmas stuff after Christmas is just depressing. But since this is my first episode after Christmas, I thought I'd recap my holiday for you guys, starting with some of the amazing gifts I got for Christmas, because I know you're all excited about that. So I'll start off with uh, some of the pop vinyls I got. If you don't know what a pop vinyl is, um, I don't know, something's probably wrong with you, but they're these little figurines. Um, Just Google pop vinyl, you'll find a bunch of them of just pretty much everything now. There's even ones of uh, Seth and McLovin from Superbad. But the ones I got for Christmas, way better than that. I got Kylo Ren from my pal Dan over at uh, Pop Culture Convo Podcast. Check him out. I got Poe Dameron from my girlfriend. Poe Dameron, of course, from Star Wars as well. Freddy Krueger, along with the complete Nightmare on Elm Street collection on Blu-ray. Kind of a big deal. Going to watch all that at Halloween. It's going to be awesome. And last but certainly not least, in fact, probably my favorite pop vinyl I got was Twisty from American Horror Story, who was a creepy-ass clown in the, what was it, the Freak Show season? It was just right before Hotel. And, yeah, he is frightening. He is very frightening. So that's all the pop vinyls. Um... I'm obsessed with these things. Just put up a shelf actually a couple days ago to display them to the world. So yeah, they're pretty amazing. Maybe I'll take a picture of it so I can, uh, or a picture of them so I can put them on the Instagram and Facebook feed so you guys can check them out as well. Some of the other amazing items I got was, uh, well, I got Battlefront for PS4 and I've been completely obsessed with this game ever since I got it. So if you haven't played Battlefront for your system, PS4, Xbox One, not hating if you have an Xbox One, but you should get a PS4 because Xbox One sucks. And it's just amazing. Just buy Battlefront. It is so much fun. Play heroes and villains. You get to actually play as Luke, Vader, Emperor Palpatine. Um, who else? Han Solo, Princess Leia, if I didn't say Leia already. And, of course, Boba Fett. So... Actually, don't get this game. If you want to have a life, don't get this game because it will consume every second of your free time like it has for me. And that's probably why I haven't got a podcast out to you guys. So blame Battlefront. Don't blame me. But speaking of Star Wars, um, I don't know how many times you guys have seen it. I've seen it three times already, and every single time is just amazing. My mind is blown over and over again. So... Um, I don't know, I'm not going to spoil anything for you guys, even though it's probably all been spoiled for you online. Just make sure you see this goddamn movie. J.J. Abrams is a master. I know I'm kind of getting off the topic of whatever I was talking about, but when Star Wars is brought up, you just got to talk about Star Wars for a while. I mean, Poe Dameron? Oh, he's my favorite. Go Poe. Poe Dameron. And Ray's pretty cool. And Kylo Ren. They're all cool. Just go see Star Wars. Okay. Back on subject. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. All the amazing Christmas gifts I got. So the next thing I got was actually something I've wanted for it's probably like two and a half years now. And it's uh, straight out of comp. Well, no, it can't be that long. Probably a year and a half. Yeah. Straight out of Compton on vinyl. Finally got that. And one of my favorite albums ever. Not too big into rap. 
but NWA is pretty dope. That's right. I said dope. Now, I also received um, a couple of Treehouse of Horror graphic novels from the Simpsons, or Simpsons Treehouse of Horror graphic novels. Pretty, pretty awesome, but I can't read them till Halloween, so that's kind of a put-off, but that doesn't matter, because I got volumes three through six of Death Note, which could be one of the best things I've ever read, ever. Not just manga, graphic novels, books. This is just so well-written, and the, like, the artwork or whatever is pretty good as well, and I just love it. And I'm like halfway through volume four right now, and shit is going down. So it's just lots of fun to read. Make sure you check it out. Uh, if you want to hear a quick uh, description of it, just listen to my last episode of the podcast. Huh? You know you want to. But I also got Call of Duty Black Ops 3 for Christmas. Who did I receive it from, you ask? Oh, from myself. It was a Christmas present to myself. And I've only played it... Up to this point, probably two or three times, but it is so fun. You can run on walls, and you have your little jetpack thing, which is pretty sweet. But the thing I like is there's a a game mode that I just started playing last night called Nightmares, and it's like, um, how do I describe this? So it's zombies, but it has the feel of kind of, um, to me it felt like The Last of Us kind of, but as well as like a Resident Evil, like there's a story going on that uh, the character you're playing as is describing while you're kind of killing all these zombies and blowing up giant tanks that are shooting missiles at you. I don't know where the tank came from, but I had to blow up a tank. It was pretty sweet. But the one thing I made the mistake of doing was not grabbing a new gun before going forward in the game uh, because I ended up going... We went underground or something, and... There was no guns or ammo anywhere. I don't know if I just don't understand where to get it or what, but I was lost and helpless underground with no ammo. But maybe next time I play, I'll figure it out, and I won't be such an idiot. But that's a pretty cool addition to a Black Ops game or Call of Duty game because it's usually the same dry, like, zombies just coming at you and hordes, which... Don't get me wrong, it's lots of fun to play with your friends, but when you're playing by yourself, uh, shooting zombies and hordes isn't all that fun, but when there's actually like more strategy to it and there's like an actual mission like you're playing a campaign, I found that pretty cool. So make sure you play Nightmares if you have Call of Duty Black Ops 3. And I think that's pretty much all I got. Oh wait, no, I got the complete 80s Twilight Zone on DVD, which is hilarious. I mean, like, there's some good episodes in there, but I just randomly grabbed a disc and watched a couple episodes. Uh, One was entitled Monsters, and it was one of the creepiest, like, most ridiculous episodes of anything I've ever seen. So it begins with this child on summer vacation. Uh, He has nothing to do. His, like, best friend moved away, and so he has no friends to hang out with. And then this old guy moves in down the street into his friend's house. So, of course, the kid goes and introduces himself. Well, not really introduces himself. He kind of spies on him until he gets caught. And then he just gets this miraculous friendship with this old guy, which seems pretty creepy nowadays. And it turns out this old guy is a vampire. I, I'm pretty sure he was a vampire. I don't know what else he could have been. It was very, it was a ridiculous episode. So, long story short, the grand, the old person shows this kid some fireflies, turns everyone into monsters, and then they eat them. I don't know. It was so dumb. But it was funny because the acting was the worst acting I'd ever seen. So don't watch that. But if you are watching an 80s Twilight Zone episode, watch Shatterday with Bruce Willis. I think it's one of the first episodes, so... Yeah, I'm just going off on a tangent right now. Maybe I should continue with the episode, right? 
Yeah, let's let's do that. Okay, so before I jump into the horror fix, I'm going to tell you what we'll be reading this episode because it's kind of what you listen for, the creepypastas. I know, I know. The first ep- or the first creepypasta we'll be reading is The Unseen by Scarlet's Amorous Kiss. That was the username who wrote that one. It actually got a pretty high uh, rating on creepypasta.com. And the next one will be one with a little lower rating called The Smiley Man. The Smiley Man just kind of drew me in with the title. I'm a slave to titles, and it seems like a cross between Slenderman and Jeff the Killer, because there's like a little picture that accompanied the creepypasta, and it drew me in. I'm a sucker for pictures, you know? But with that being said, and with you hanging on my every word, it is now time for our horror fix. So on this installment of your horror fix, there was a couple uh, games I wanted to talk about. Uh, they're PC games, so sorry if you're a console gamer exclusively. I guess one of the games is also going to be on a console, but whatever. If you're if you're not into any games PC that might be ported over, then you can skip this, but I think they're pretty cool. The first game is actually called uh, We Happy Few, which kind of made me laugh so I decided to watch the trailer and it reminded me so much of the first Bioshock where you're going into the theater and you're fighting all these slicers with like masks and stuff so it gave me that kind of feel and I was like oh okay Bioshock's probably my favorite game of all time so naturally I had to figure out more about this game so this game has actually been self-described of a game of paranoia and survival in a drugged out dystopian English city in 1964 so that alone makes me want to play this game but then you watch the trailer and you get that feel of like the splicers and stuff in Bioshock um, the old timey vibe I mean uh, in this town or whatever it is in yeah I think it's a town or a city in 1964 in England, everybody has to be constantly smiling, and they have these white, creepy masks on. But yeah, I'm not 100% sure on what exactly you're doing. It, of course, is a survival horror game, so I'm assuming you're trying to survive. But I don't know the mechanics or anything. There wasn't any gameplay uh, videos I could find. But either way, I think I'll get my hands on this game one way or another. There's also a Kickstarter fund for it, so you can find that on Kickstarter uh, if you just search We Happy Few. Seems like uh, that's kind of a theme with all these uh, PC games. There's always a Kickstarter for them, which is actually what there is for this next game. It's called Last Year. Now, if you've ever watched one of the Friday the 13th movies or any of them, then you've probably put yourself in the situation where you're like, man, if I was in that situation, I would have done this or I would have done that. Well, in this game, you'll get the chance because this game is heavily influenced by Friday the 13th, which I found kind of interesting because there's a Friday the 13th video game coming out as well. So this will kind of be a rival to that. But it's a survival horror game where it's five against one. So you can either play as one of the five like survivors or as the killer, which is so cool. You could actually play as not Jason. I guess they don't have the licensing for that. Although he does look very similar. But I think there are a few other killers you can play as that don't look as much like Jason. I bet they're probably all modeled after different killers. I bet there's like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre one and stuff like that. It would be sweet if there's like a Freddy knockoff too. Knockoffs are always hilarious, but... Anyway, this game, I couldn't find a release date for this one. This one is also under Kickstarter, so that kind of sucks. I like having a release date to tell you guys, but if I find it, I'll say it on the next episode. How about that? 
Oh, but the last piece of info I guess I should mention is that it is exclusively a PC game, so I'm not sure if they're going to port it over to Xbox or PlayStation, but that would be pretty sweet if they did. Now on to a new movie coming out that might shock and scare you. If you're a fan of movies like Pet Cemetery or really any like ghostly type movies, I feel like this will be the movie for you. It takes kind of aspects from just Pet Cemetery, of course, and then pretty much just any ghost movie because they're all pretty similar. Anything with a haunting, blah, 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 scary ghost. Ah. But yeah, this movie's called The Other Side of the Door, and it's starring Sarah Wayne uh, Callies, I think her name is. Uh, you might know her as Lori from The Walking Dead. And in this movie, um, her and her husband and family move to, I don't know, they move across the world somewhere remote, I don't remember. But her son ends up dying in a crazy car accident where a car flies off the road into a lake or something. He drowns. She somehow gets out. Her son dies. So, of course, Lori, I mean, Sarah, is distraught, but then some Hindu woman comes up and out of nowhere and is like, oh, if you want to speak to your son again, I know how you can do so. You just can't open the other side of the, or can't go on the other side of the door or something. So she goes to a pyramid, talks to her son at this door, and of course, she opens the door, like the one thing she wasn't supposed to do. Classic Lori, just annoying us even after she's dead. But then, of course, some crazy hauntings start in her house, and her little sister's like, oh, Oliver's back, which is the name of her son, and of course, my dog. And yeah, so now the house is haunted, then it turns into your classic haunted house movie. Woohoo, scary. Yeah. No, but honestly, I'll probably check this movie out, just because I love pretty much all horror movies, even if they're bad, and if they're, like, super bad, then that makes it even better, because they're fun to watch and make fun of, so... Either way, I'm going to check this movie out. But on to the last thing I wanted to talk about in the horror fix. Uh, I've actually mentioned this before on our Pokemon-themed episode where I read the creepypasta Pokemon Black, which, of course, is a creepypasta about a hacked um, Pokemon game that instead of being uh, red, blue, yellow, green, uh, it was black, and it was haunted. So if you want to go check that story out, it's pretty awesome. But if you liked that creepypasta and you're like, oh, I wish I could play this game and like kind of have that creepy experience, well, you can because somebody actually made the game a reality. So you can check that out on PokemonCreepyBlack.wix.com slash creepyblack. And yeah, pretty dope. Just go check it out. I mean, everyone likes Pokemon and now a haunted version of Pokemon even better. You can also check it out on uh, Twitter at, uh, if you just go to at Waffa House, so that's at W-A-F-F-A-H-O-U-S-E. He's got a link up there, so check that out if you're bored, got some free time, want to play some old school Pokemon with a twist. So yeah, just check that out. I think that does it for the horror fix, right? I think you guys really want to listen to some stories, right? Some creepy, creepy pastas? Yeah. Well, let's jump into it. Let's read a creepypasta by Scarlet Samaras Kiss, entitled, The Unseen. I used to work in this pretty old building. It was originally the courthouse for the city I live in. I remember when I first started working there, people would tell me about odd goings on, like strange noises, lights flickering on or turning off completely, weird smells, stuff like that. It seemed like everyone I worked with had some sort of experience. I never put much stock into that sort of thing, paranormal activity. There had to be a logical explanation. 
After working there for a while, I felt like I had the building figured out. Clank, 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 the heater turning on. We were in the middle of the basement of the building and all the pipes led to the boiler room adjacent to my office. Hiss, the AC unit in my office turning on. Like I said, we're smack dab in the middle of the basement. Air didn't fluctuate too well down there, so we had a separate AC unit for our office. Clunk, 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 the ice machine in the fridge in our break area. Whoosh. The toilets being flushed and the water running through the pipes above me. As for the flickering lights, I'm sure it would lead to faulty wiring. The building had been condemned twice, and the odd smells, I just blamed on the people. I worked as a security dispatcher for a school district, and I usually ended up working the graveyard shift. We were located in the district office, which was a three-story building, four including the basement. We had surveillance cameras in various areas of all the schools, as well as every floor of our building and outside. We also had a dial-up alarm system. When the system was armed, any noise would set off an alarm, and I could dial up the area and listen to exactly what set the alarm off. The system also brought up the camera of whatever area was triggered. Looking back, I think my first experience was the elevator. Our custodial crew had left at 12.15 a.m., so after that, there shouldn't have been anyone inside the building. One night, I received an alarm from the lobby area of our building on the first floor. I listened to try to figure out what set off the alarm, as I couldn't see anything out of the ordinary on the camera. I didn't hear anything either. This sort of thing happened. Sometimes the system was faulty and we received bogus alarms. I cleared the alarm and almost automatically I received an alarm from the lobby of the basement. I didn't need to listen to see what was the cause of the alarm. The elevator doors were opening and closing. I went out to investigate. It was just down the hall from where I was. I could hear the elevator doors continuously opening and closing. I'd never had that happen, but it was an old building. As I walked up, I kind of got the creeping feeling like I was going to find something inside the elevator, but it was empty. I hit the call button and the doors stopped. I stood there for a minute, looking inside the elevator, checking the doors. I'm not one for elevators, so I didn't step inside. When I stuck my head inside, I smelled a putrid smell. It filled my nostrils and seemed to burn my throat. I pulled back and gagged, and then the elevator doors seemed to slam shut. I was slightly unnerved, but brushed it off and went back to my office. I called the elevator company and scheduled for them to come check it the next morning. The rest of the night was quiet. I had the next two days off and forgot about the incident. I went back to work on the graveyard shift and started my routine. It was about 2.30 a.m. and all had been quiet. I received an alarm and saw that it was from the third floor of our building. I checked the camera and once again saw nothing. I dialed up the alarm and I heard something. It sounded at first like a fan blowing, but after listening for a little bit, it started to sound like someone whispering. I saw no one, but the camera didn't cover every angle of the building. I started to wonder if someone had stayed late. No one notified us, and people were aware of our protocol, but not everyone followed it. I decided it would be best to have one of our guards on call to check it out. It took him about 15 minutes to get to the building. The guard radioed and told me he had arrived. The whispering was still going on. I was beginning to wonder if it was a fan or some sort of machinery making the noise. I told the guard the area of the alarm and waited. As the guard moved through the building, alarms were being set off and I could see him walking via the cameras. He made it to the third floor. I watched and saw him make it to the area where the whispering was coming from. He stopped just under the camera. 
I could see the back of his head and body, but not his face. He stood there for what seemed like minutes. I dialed up the area, and the whispering seemed louder now. I could almost make out words, but it was so fast. It sounded like the same thing was being repeated over and over. All of a sudden, the guard turned his face towards the camera. His eyes were wide and his mouth was wide open, like he was screaming, but nothing was coming out. I was pretty freaked out. I didn't understand what was happening. I radioed him and asked him what was wrong, my voice trembling. He didn't respond. He just kept staring, unblinking into the camera. I asked my coworker if they were pulling a prank or something, and he looked as freaked out as I was. He gasped, and I looked back at the screen. He was gone, walking back the way he came. I watched as he made his way through the building and down the stairs towards my office. Then he was at the door. We kept the door locked, but there was a little glass window cut out. I saw him look inside. My heart was beating fast. Then as if nothing happened, he said, Hey guys, what's going on? Let me in. He had a playful look on his face. I went up to the door and smelled a hint of that awful smell again. Without opening it, I asked, What the hell just happened to you out there? What the hell were you doing? He looked at me confused. What do you mean? I checked the area and there was nothing. I came down to give you my report. I was furious. I yelled, Are you messing with us right now? Why would you do that? That was horrible. He really looked confused then. I don't understand what you're talking about. I went and checked the area and found nothing, and now I'm here trying to give you my report. I cracked the door open and the smell was stronger. I grabbed the paper and slammed the door. He walked away, head shaking. I watched as he left the building. I went to complete my report, somewhat unsure of what to write. The sound seemed to have stopped once the guard left the area. I decided just to say the area was found secure. I grabbed the guard's report from the table, having set it there without looking at it. When I read it, I was filled with a variety of emotion. His report read, I'm watching you as you try to watch me. I can see you, but I am unseen. I tried to reach the guard on the radio, but he did not respond. I emailed my supervisor and notified him of the situation. The rest of the night was uneventful. The next afternoon, I received a phone call from my supervisor. He said he had tried repeatedly to reach the guard from the night before, but had been unable to. He wasn't very happy about the incident either and wanted to know what happened. He said he would let me know as soon as he talked to him. I went into work that night, but I felt a bit off. Walking through the stairwell and down the hall to my office, I felt as though I was being watched, and not by the cameras. It was something else. I got goosebumps all over and realized I was really cold. I walked a little faster and made it to my office, but not before smelling that rancid smell again. I slammed the door behind me. My counterpart was already there, and the other crew left. Fifteen minutes later, we saw the custodial crew leave. They usually turned and waved at the camera when they left, but not that night. They just kept their heads straight ahead and left the building. For a moment, as they walked out the door, I thought it looked like one of them had their mouth widely ajar. I thought it was weird and assumed I caught her in a yawn. I checked my email and saw that my supervisor had sent one stating that he was still unable to reach the guard and said he left a voicemail and an email telling him not to come to work until he spoke to him about the situation. Another guard would be covering his shift until then. I felt a little relieved. I really didn't want to see that guy again for a while, if ever. A few hours had passed and we received some alarms here and there from a few school sites, all uneventful. Then I received an alarm from the second floor of my building. I was slightly apprehensive to check the alarm, 
but it was my job. The camera was blacked out. I thought it odd and made a note to have someone check it in the morning. I dialed up the alarm and bit my lip. Nothing. I kept listening for a while. Sometimes silence could be really unnerving, but what broke the silence? Even more so. I heard it clearly this time. It wasn't whispering. It was a deep male voice saying over and over quickly. I'm watching you as you try to watch me. I can see you, but I am unseen. Then there was a deep rumble that almost sounded like laughter. I was really freaked out. I didn't think it was possible for someone to be in the building. I got on the radio and said I needed a guard ASAP. We only had one guard on duty, and he said he was wrapping up at a school across town, so it would be at least 30 minutes until he would arrive. I looked at my coworker who was biting his nails and staring at the screen with the cameras. Then I saw his eyes grow large, and he went pale. I turned to look at the screen and saw why. The camera screen, it wasn't black anymore. I could see the area now. It was a hallway on the second floor, but in the middle was a dark human figure. It looked like a shadow. All I could make out was a silhouette that looked to be made up of black mist. Then suddenly, through our speakers, I heard a hoarse, crackling voice. Can you see me now? And then there was a wailing sound so loud I had to cover my ears. Everything went black and silent. All I could hear was my heart beating. After a minute, the emergency lights kicked on. The room was dimly lit and I didn't see my coworker anywhere. The generator kicked on for the security system and it was rebooting still, so I couldn't check the cameras. I turned and looked at the door and it was wide open. My heart felt like it was gonna beat out of my chest. I didn't know what the thing was, but at that moment, I believed in everything. I made the decision to get the hell out of there. My job wasn't worth it. I shakily started making my way through the dark basement. The emergency lights helped making the situation all the more creepy. I started to sob when I saw a human form at the end of the hall. The smell was back and stronger than ever. I tried to cover my nose and mouth with my sweater, but it didn't help much. I got my phone out and turned on the flashlight. Charlie, I called to my coworker. I felt completely uneasy that he was just standing there, his back to me. I was about 10 feet away when he turned suddenly, his eyes wide and mouth wide, just like he was trying to scream, just like the guard. I screamed and turned to run the other way when I saw another human form at the end of the hall. I heard that hoarse crackling voice again. Can you see me? I had seconds to make my decision and decided to run back in the direction of my coworker. That was the quickest way out of the building. He stood there unmoving as I ran past, but made an awful gurgling sound. It sounded like he said, I see. I felt as if I might faint, but as I saw the stairwell that would lead to my exit and my freedom, I felt a burst of adrenaline. As I made it to the top, I felt a coldness and then I heard the voice again. Look at me. I didn't turn around. I reached the door and ran out, slamming it shut behind me. I kept running through the parking lot until I reached my car. I was opening the door and I heard something behind me. Something grabbed my shoulder, and I screamed and turned and saw it was the guard who I'd called to inspect the alarm. He looked at me with concern and asked what had happened and if I needed assistance. I told him I just needed to get away from the building, now. He told me I wasn't driving anywhere and to get in his car. It was out in the street, and I ran towards it and got inside. I knew I was probably in shock and shouldn't drive, and I knew the guy well enough. I couldn't look at the building. When we were far enough away, I told him what had happened. He looked at me like I was insane. I don't think he had ever had a call out to the building. I had him drop me off at my friend's apartment. The next day, I didn't want to go back, 
but I had to get my car, so my friend took me over and said he would stay with me. I saw my supervisor in the parking lot. When he saw me, I could tell he was furious. Where the hell did you go? Charlie called me this morning and told me that you walked out in the middle of your shift. Charlie called you and told you that, huh? Well, I have one thing to say. I quit. He looked shocked and opened his mouth as if to say something, but then just walked away. I got in my car and have never set foot in that building again. About a week after I left, I heard that the guard from the night I first heard the whispers was found hanging in his apartment, eyes and mouth wide open. A few days later, there was a report about a string of suicides of employees from that building. The two custodians and Charlie were all found to have committed suicide and all found with eyes wide and mouths agape. I did some digging around online and found these were not isolated occurrences. Even as far back as 1922, when the building was a courthouse, there were reports of multiple employee suicides. I have no idea what happened those nights or what is in that building, but I am a believer. It's been a few years since then, and I try to avoid that building as much as possible. But sometimes I do have to drive by, and I can't help but look up at it, wondering what might be looking back at me. So that was The Unseen by Scarlett's Amorous Kiss, and I think that was a pretty decent story. I mean, it's uh, nothing crazy or new, but I think it was a pretty enjoyable read, and the writing was actually pretty good, so I liked it. Um, I guess I'll give it a rating out of 10. Probably about a 7.5. I mean, it was a good story. Um, I would have liked if they talked more about the figure a little bit. Uh, there wasn't too much detail uh, in any of, like, uh, I would have liked more stuff happening um, for some, like, encounters with this figure or something like that. But I think for what it was, it was pretty good. So 7.5 out of 10. So good job, Scarlet's Amorous Kiss. I like that name. It's very interesting, but it's very long. I mean, what happened to, like, one-syllable names like Moby, you know? <laughs> Moby. Nobody likes Moby. But that does it for the unseen. Now we're going to be on to our second creepypasta of the episode. That's right. We have two very exciting stuff. This one is called The Smiley Man. It was uh, posted September 28th this year, which is sweet. It's a pretty new story. I guess not crazy new. It's been out like six months or whatever. But I could not find the author for this guy either, which disappointing. Very disappointing. I didn't read this one either. I read the previous one. I read The Unseen before reading it. But I always like to throw a random one in an episode just to kind of live through it with you. You know? Go through the motions. Be surprised at the parts you're surprised at. Scared at the parts you're scared at. It's like we're reading it together, you know? I'll just shut up and read the story. Here we go. It was a normal Friday night in Glasgow, Scotland. Clubs were clearly visible, the bright lights and the blaring noise dominating the night. But with light, there was also darkness. There was one almost abandoned housing estate where nothing was there and everything was silent, almost as if a bubble had been wrapped around the derelict housing block. No one went there because it was so dark and eerie. Even during the day, a permanent gray cloud seemed to hang over it. Even the birds didn't sing. But tonight, someone was going there. A 12-year-old boy called Jack, who had snuck out at 11 o'clock at night to go to this place with his friend, 13-year-old Patty. The two boys climbed the rusted fence. Patty had a flashlight, but due to low battery, it was very dim. They followed the bush clearing to the housing estate, and it was pitch black. They emerged from the clearing to see a long row of blocky houses. 
In the eerie silence, they walked towards an alleyway in between two of the houses. The flashlight wasn't going to last much longer, and then they would have to entrust only the dim glow of the half-moon to guide them. They went into the alleyway, Jack first. They approached a dumpster, and on the ground in front of it was a red substance that had stained the ground, leaving a trail which led to behind the dumpster. Jack checked it out and immediately gasped with shock. Arrgh! Patty, taken by surprise, ran out of the alleyway. It's a dead body! Oh my god, what do we do? Jack screamed, barely squeezing the words out through his state of sheer panic. Sure enough, a dead body lay there. Headless, it lay there. It had been eviscerated, disemboweled, mangled, and cut up in every possible way. Jack looked toward Patty, expecting some form of reaction, but Patty wasn't listening. He was already too concentrated in what was behind Jack. Watch out! The knife cut into the side of Jack's neck, and blood poured out. Not the geyser that you see in the movies, but a steady pour down his neck onto his shirt. Jack fell to the ground, motionless. Patty shone his dim light on the creature that had just killed his best friend. It had a black hooded shirt on, with long sleeves. On the shirt, it had an upside-down Illuminati pyramid symbol. Also printed on the shirt were these words. Run, fight, but there's nothing you can do. You can be sure, though, that Smiley is coming for you. The creature also wore a pair of black jeans, but the most distinct feature, for certain, was its face. Blood red, as if someone had ripped the skin from its face, and slightly glowing blue eyes. The creature's mouth was also fixed in a permanent yellow closed smile, which stretched almost up to its eyes. But Patty could only see it for a few seconds, and then his light completely ran out, shrouding the alley in complete darkness. His best friend's body was dragged further in and was swallowed by the darkness. Patty covered his ears as the creature let out an ear-piercing fit of hysterical laughter. Patty dared to take a few steps into the darkness, and then the creature took him. With blinding speed, the creature rushed towards him and stabbed Patty in the neck and held him up like a piece of meat. Patty took one last gaze into the creature's eyes. The creature once again laughed hysterically, but this time, Patty couldn't cover his ears, and blood began draining from his ears as they succumbed to the pressure, and Patty slowly and painfully succumbed altogether. The smiley man had claimed its next victims, but they surely wouldn't be the last. So that was Smiley Man, and I'm not entirely sure how to feel about that. I mean, it was really not well written, but I did like how shit just goes down in such a short amount of time. Like, it's a nice, it's a really short read, but a lot happens, like two kids get murdered and they find a dead body, so that's a lot of, a lot of murder going on in a little creepypasta. But I wasn't such a big fan of the killer himself. It kind of seemed like it was taken from, like, Jeff the Killer. It seemed like the same type of scary guy. I guess his face is red, so that's the difference. I would have liked a more original type of killer. I guess there's. it's really hard to come up with something like that, but you know what? You got lots of time, and Jeff the Killer's been done. The smiley man just seems like a loyal follower. Made me laugh how they uh, mentioned the Illuminati, too, so... This might be a killer for the Illuminati. Ah. But all in all, this wasn't a terrible creepypasta. It wasn't great. Um, I'll probably give it about a six. Um, I didn't like it as much as The Unseen, but it did its job. It entertained. So that does it for the creepypastas on this episode of Pasta Time Podcast. But now it's time to jump into one of my favorite segments, and that, of course, is 
rate and review. So for this episode of Rate and Review, I thought since I recapped my Christmas, I'd rate and review a Christmassy movie that I saw. Now, last episode, if you listened, I talked about a movie called Krampus that I was very excited to see. I actually saw it uh, probably the day after recording that podcast, so I've kind of been itching to talk about it with you guys. So if you don't know what Krampus is, he's kind of an anti-Santa. He brings destruction and death among a fam- or among people that's just lost the Christmas spirit, you know, if they're in the opposite mode. And so this movie is starring Adam Scott, who, of course, is Derek from Step Brothers, and David Koechner, who was Champ Kind in Anchorman, Anchorman 2. Other than that, the rest of the actors, they don't even matter. There's uh, the, oh, who was in it? Uh, you know, in Two and a Half Men, the fat housemaid? She was in it, and she was pretty funny, so that's probably the other notable actor. But this family, uh, they all get together at Christmas. Oh, what a wonderful time, you know? But this family all hates each other, so that's kind of a negative. And the only thing keeping this uh, Christmas spirit alive is this one one child's hope and belief in Santa Claus and in Christmas. And once he loses that because his family is such a pile of crap, like everyone in his family, just a bunch of assholes, that's when Krampus steps in. Oh, but on a side note, I know this seems uh, kind of dumb to do a little side note right when this review's getting so good, you know? But okay, I saw this movie Krampus with one of my buddies, and behind us there was probably like, uh, it must have been a group of four pe- middle-aged people. They were probably in like their 50s or late 40s, and they were so obnoxious, it seemed like it was like the only day they've ever gotten out of the house. I mean, me and my friend are just sitting there. <laughs> ready to watch the movie, and the people behind us are just having the most mind-numbing, obnoxious conversation with these stupid comments on everything. I'll sum it up with this. There was a commercial that comes on. It was a TELUS commercial. If you're in America, TELUS is just one of our uh, phone companies. And a little girl comes up to her mom, and she asks why there's no pictures of her on the wall, because there's only pictures of her brother. And her mother says, oh, that's because uh, you came around after Facebook, so all your pictures are online. So then the commercial proceeds with the girl pushing over every single thing in their house. Like, there's a lineup of stuff on their house. She just pushes over and shatters, like, vases and stuff. And it's kind of funny. I thought it was a slightly humorous commercial. But the one of the douchebags behind us is like, oh, you know what? Like, that, that commercial was funny. And the girl beside her is like, yeah, I know exactly. I have a, a daughter, and it would be so funny if, like, that's what happened. He's like, no, no, but it would have been perfect if every single thing that's – every time she hit something off the counter, she just went tag, tag, tag. And I just – my head almost exploded. I wanted to turn around and call this guy an idiot because that wouldn't have been funny, one. And the second thing, just the tone of his voice, he thought he was so smart saying it. And I just hope this guy uh, ended up having diarrhea that night and just couldn't get out of bed for like a week after that. That's how much I dislike this person. Uh, but I should probably get back onto the rate and review. But if you're listening to this and you saw Krampus probably like, I don't know, it was like the week it came out. Uh, and you made a, a shitty comment like that, I hope that Jeff the Killer comes and finds you, or maybe Slenderman, maybe someone like that, or Mr. Widemouth. All creepypasta characters all just come converge on you. But enough about that. Let's get back into the rate and review on Krampus. Okay. 
So, the family lost its Christmas spirit. Okay, a little spoiler alert. Family loses its Christmas spirit. Kid rips up his letter to Santa. Krampus comes. The whole block shut down. There's just crazy blizzards, snow, craziness going on. But Krampus doesn't come alone. Krampus brings a bag of fucking crazy, sinister little toys and this, ugh, this demonizing jack-in-the-box that is very disturbing, to say the least. And they pursue to spend the next, I guess, next, like, 40 minutes of the movie just, like, slowly picking off this family. And they do it in some pretty funny ways. Like, there's these gingerbread men who get this fat kid onto a hook because he's fat, of course, and dangling a gingerbread man on a hook in the fireplace is a good way to catch a fat kid because they'll, <laughs> they'll go after cookies, right? So that was pretty pretty humorous and then they're slowly just picking off kids and then some other like other members of the family and stuff in very comical humorous ways another one i should mention is david keckner of course champ kind is in the kitchen and he's battling all the gin like a group of gingerbread men and he has to like shotgun blast them while they have all these fucking like they're shooting a nail gun at him and stuff very good stuff, very good stuff, but nothing is as disturbing as a, the jack-in-the-box that is in the attic. It's like eating a child, and then it, like, turns to them, and it's just the creepiest goddamn thing you've ever seen. This movie is worth seeing just for that jack-in-the-box, because the thing about this movie is they're not like, oh, let's do digital effects, because that's worked so well. It's all practical effects, so that means, like, people in costumes, suits. Actually, I think the robot might have been digital. The, no, okay, so they do use some digital effects. They use uh, digital on the robot and the talking gingerbread man because that'd be, that'd be kind of hard to do, right? But most of it is practical, and it's just so creepy, these creepy elf guys coming at you. And I don't want to ruin the ending or anything for you, but they, uh, they kind of drew me in with uh, some cliches that led me to believe it would end a certain way, and then it didn't end that way, and it made this movie that much better. So... This movie has, like, it's, for me, personally, it's a 10 out of 10. That's how much I enjoyed it, because for the time, watching it at Christmas, it's a perfect movie to watch at Christmas. There's, like, no Christmas horror movies other than Gremlins to watch, maybe A Nightmare Before Christmas, but I, I don't know. That one's it's not, like, actually scary. So for, like, this genre, there's no Christmas horror movies. This is the Christmas horror movie to watch. This is it. Well, this and Gremlins. Gremlins is tight tight as fuck but that does it for the krampus horror movie review but guess what a little bonus review because along with the krampus movie being released they released a krampus graphic novel the same company that did the movie legendary released a krampus graphic novel and they are, it's also the company that released the trick-or-treat graphic novel which that one i haven't read yet but i'll probably read it next year around halloween because i can't read them not at halloween but I read this one, and it was so good, just like the movie. This one, instead of, uh, it's not the exact same thing as the movie, like some people would think. They just take, uh, it was like four or five stories that intertwine on, like, Christmas and have Krampus and stuff, and they were awesome. I mean, some of them were short reads, but there was this one, <laughs> one short story that was this drunk Santa Claus, and uh, Krampus and his little elf guys and toys were, like, broken to the mall to... I guess, kill all these people, all these children and stuff that are shopping. And Santa's also a war vet, and he's crazy. And so he goes out and just starts jacking up all these, like, 
insane, like the little robot, the crazy Jack in the Box, these little elves with spears, and he's just like shotgunning them. So it's pretty great, pretty hilarious. This one ends on a little higher note than the movie, but still very enjoyable and a short read if you like graphic novels and Christmassy stuff. Once again, I'll probably recommend that you read it around Christmas time because I read things very seasonally. I only read Halloween-themed stuff at Halloween, Christmas at Christmas, and then the rest of the year is just free-for-all for AJ. But I'm not going to ruin any of the stories in the Krampus graphic novel because they're so short, even giving a little bit away kind of gives away too much. I'm just going to say go out and buy it. I'd probably give it an 8 out of 10. So that's pretty good for a graphic novel. I mean, the stories are all good. The artwork is awesome and just an awesome read to read, especially at Christmas time. But all in all, that does it for this episode. I finally did a longer one for you guys. Um, I'm not going to make any promises that I'll have some more out right away, but hopefully... I get some more episodes done than I have been getting done. I've been doing, like, the last three months. I think I I got, like, one out each month. So, yeah, I'd like to change that, maybe get a few more out every month. But if you'd like to help out the podcast in any way, just go give us a good rating on iTunes. Maybe write a comment, some stuff you like. Uh, Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast On Instagram, Podcast. My stupid Twitter handle is at Podcast because I'm too dumb to just put past the time podcast and i do have we do have a youtube page which i'm hopefully going to put some more videos and stuff on there but that is of course past the time podcast so go like that stuff subscribe do your thing you know but yeah that does it for this episode see you next time try not to have too many nightmares my friends